0: Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a Ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot us. We are supported financially by com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there. Donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome again. Another 30 minutes of encouragement with God's holy word coming to you as we do most of the time from Blue Exit Audio, Mesa, Arizona. I'm just so excited to be here today. I'm hoping that you will receive this message, share it with your friends. Let's get the word out, get message of encouragement to those who may need it, whether you're riding your car with someone, you can put it on, uh, we can uh, ha- listen to it on the Apple podcast, Podbeam, wherever you listen to podcasts, feel free to listen to it there. Subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can get the message there as well. And we, we can just come together as one, celebrating the greatness that God has for us and the blessings that we receive every month. I'm dedicating this message to a young man, a lo- young lawyer uh, by the name of Baker. He lost his life this week. He had left two young children. And we just lift up our prayers to Mike Baker and his family. People say anytime that a young person loses their life, their life is too young. And so the message for today is titled About 30 about 30 and the message comes from 2 Samuel 6 and 2 Samuel 6 uh, as, as we know from t- most of the time I try to stay in the revised common lectionary and so that we can come together with Christians all around the world billions of Christians coming together reading and studying God's Holy Word together r- lifting up praise in unison with God's Holy Word And the Revised Common Lectionary gives from time to time what's called the semi-continuous readings. And the semi-continuous readings are a large single block of of one book of the Old Testament which allows you to spend some time in it, to develop it, to receive multiple, what I call mini lessons that come together to make a larger message. And so today we're going to come from the semi-continuous message from the Revised Common Lectionary, which is 2 Samuel 6, 2 Samuel 6. And 2 Samuel 6 begins, David brought together out of Israel, chosen men, 30,000 in all. And he brought these men from Judah to bring the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty who is enthroned between the cherubim on that are in, on the ark. The ark of the covenant, the place where God lives, where he's sitting on his throne between the highest levels of angels. That, uh, after he drove man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden, cherubim with, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to life. The ark of the covenant, had God's presence between the cherubim and the garden of Eden, God set the cherubim up so that they could, the, with flashing and fire and swords to keep and protect the way to life. The, that, that being almighty God, the place where God dwells, the cherubim guarded, the Ark of the Covenant is the earthly representation of heaven. It is where God lives on Earth. And it was such a holy structure that enemies to Israel tried to take it. Enemies of Israel felt that with Israel being so blessed with God and that being their most holy uh, item that they had, the enemies felt that they took that they would receive the same blessings. And so as we're starting to develop this about 30, the Ark of the Covenant, 30,000 chosen men going to bring the Ark of the Covenant. We can get a little history about the Ark of the Covenant. and We've got to go back to 1 Samuel. So we're at 2 Samuel 6, but we're going to take just a little bit of time to go back to 1 Samuel 5 and 6 and spend some time reading about how the Philistines took the Ark of, of the Covenant from Israel. And as they did that, their world went to a place of death. Their world went to a place of illness, a place of fear, a place of confusion. And all through 1 Samuel 5 and going into 1 Samuel 6, you see how they kept trying to figure out and move the Ark of the Covenant to try to get it in the right place to get the blessing that God has. And then we get to 1 Samuel 6 And then when the Ark of the Lord had been in the Philistine territory for seven months, seven months, their world was crashing because they took the Ark of the Covenant from Israel. They put it in their own mind that they were going to decide where God was going to dwell. After seven months of having all these problems, they called their priests and their uh, religious type leaders. And they said, what should we do with the Ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it back. They were like, we got to get rid of this thing. This thing is causing us death and causing us illness and causing us confusion. And they said, when you return the ark of God to Israel, don't send it away empty, but by all means, send a guilt offering. Then you will be healed and you will know why his hand has not been lifted from you. The ark of the covenant where the Lord dwells, where God's power is shown. That's where where when you receive it in bad intentions and you receive it, when God has not directed you to be at that place, you're gonna fall into death, into confusion, into pain, and in ways that you shouldn't have, shouldn't be because you've chosen to put yourself in front of God and decide how you are gonna have actions and, and where you believe God should be in your life Instead of having it the reverse, being where God wants you to be, I know a whole lot of people that are getting their spiritual ark of the covenant and trying to move it to where they want to. God, I'll be all right with things as long as you, uh, as long as you're doing what I need you to do, not what you want me to do. So the ark of the covenant is one of the is is one of the significant things that go on. in that period of time to show where God lives. And the Ark of the Covenant was something that David, when he became king, he, he wanted to have that covenant brought to the city of David, to Jerusalem, the place of peace, city of peace. That's where he felt God should dwell. I'm hoping that you understand that. He, David felt that's where God should dwell. So David, together with 30,000, about 30. He had 30,000 men at all and he sent them to go get the ark of the covenant. David put together his own 30,000 chosen men, hand picked. And I wanted to get a picture of what of how this looked. So I decided to do a comparison between the 30,000 men that David chose to bring the Ark of the Covenant back, how significant it was in David's mind to have the Ark of the Covenant in his city, the city of David, the city of Jerusalem. So I compared it with another group of military, uh, with another group of military warriors, the Roman Legion. The Roman Legion was was about 5,000 members so let's and we all hear as we go through the New Testament about the legions and how powerful the, a legion of soldiers seemed to be. But think about what David did. David basically got six legions of soldiers to carry the ark and secure it, secure the place where the Lord lives and secure the place where his holy word lives. And so David said, I need a massive group for that one task. And it made me look at the significance of 30,000, the significance of 30 and how important it was that David decided in his mind that I need this size people to bring one item back from where it was to the city of David to Jerusalem. So I went in and when I see the numbers in the Bible, I like to look at and look at what's called biblical numerology. And biblical numerology is a theological discipline where people study words that or numbers that come up in the Bible and they link them together all the all the numbers that are of that uh, that appear in the Bible and then from there draw a theological conclusion on what that number means as God placed it in the Bible. It's a theological discipline and so for those, some people follow it, some people don't. And I always say that each person should decide for themselves whether or not biblical numerology is a is a theological discipline that you want to follow. So I'm just going to throw out some 30s. Genesis 41, 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and Joseph went out. From Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt, and we know the story of Joseph. Joseph, he was uh, sent into slavery from by his brothers because his brothers were jealous of him, and he actually had lifted himself up and had a, a cloak of many colors and tried to tell everybody he was better than them. He was about thirty; well, he was a little bit younger than that, but he was about thirty when he finally got into and, and started following God's plan and started receiving God's blessing and then wound up in the service of Pharaoh's uh, King Pharaoh and traveled throughout Egypt. And as that story ends, he wound up saving all of Israel, about 30. The next group of 30 is recorded in Numbers four. Now, I'm hoping that if you're studying this because we're, in, we're talking about a semi-continuous uh, reading from the Revised Common Lectionary which requires a deep dive into a part of the Bible and requires a, a greater study and so we're going to spend a little time developing this but Numbers 4, 3 and 5, you might want to jot that down or put, uh, etch it on your phone so you can go back and read it because Numbers 4, 3 and 5 is very important to what happened in 2 Samuel 6, the reading for today. So. Numbers 4, 3 and 5 says, count, and, and this is God speaking to Moses. He said, count all the men from 30 to 50, about 30, 30 years of age, 30 to 50, and have them come to serve the work of the tent of the meeting. The tent of the meeting was where the Ark of the Covenant was. And he said that that those people are to care for the most holy things. It was the people the men 30 to 50 years old who were uh, and from the line of Aaron Aaron had his sons are to go in and take down the the anytime they moved Aaron and his uh, sons and the, the descendants of Aaron were tasked with carrying the Ark of the Covenant and I kind of stumbled over that but it's very important in numbers four numbers four three through five. Identifies the plan that God had for him moving with the tent as the Israelites were going through the uh, going through the wilderness, heading to the Promised Land. He said, "Aaron and his sons are to go in and take down the shielding curtain that and cover the Ark of the of the testimony with it." So it was Aaron and his sons who were called upon to move the Ark of the Covenant. I'm hoping that you just keep that in mind because I'm gonna talk about some other people that did things at 30, but it's important to remember numbers 4, 3 and 5 when we go back to 2 Samuel. Ezekiel stays with the theme of priestly ministry beginning at 30. In the 30th year, the heavens opened and I saw a vision is how the book of Ezekiel starts in about 30. 2 Samuel 5 and 4 says, David began his reign over Israel at 30. All these great people began their ministry at 30. All of them received their blessing and wisdom and direction from God at about 30. All received protection and power from God at about 30. There's one more that I want to talk about, and that is if you look at the book of Luke, it says that Jesus began his ministry at about 30. It doesn't say all the other ones they say at 30, but they say, what Luke records, Jesus beginning his ministry at about 30. And so the biblical numerologists, as they piece all those people and what they did and how they started their ministry at 30, they said that 30 is the number in the age of commitment to God, age, the biblical numerology, the number 30 represents the uh, time where you are committed to service of God. And so the message for today is about 30. It's about whether or not what your commitment to God looks like about 30. It's about what your service to God looks like. Jesus is about 30. And on the third day a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee and Jesus' mother and his was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited and everybody knows this is Jesus' first miracle And the wedding was going on and they ran out of wine and so uh, Jesus' mother came to him and said the, uh, they have no more wine and Jesus' response at about thirty said, dear woman, why does this involve me? My time has not yet come. I'm hoping that you understand this as we look at this about 30, as we look at what it looks like from the standpoint of commitment to God, to commitment to his plan, uh, having the service to God start in God's time and God's will and God's way. About 30, it's about 30 I'm hoping that somebody just writes that down about 30 and just and has it sink in. But at about 30, Jesus's mother said to the servants, do as Jesus tells you to. Nearby were six uh, stone water jugs, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Ceremonial washing, cleansing, cleaning yourself in a ceremonial fashion so that you're able to appear before God in a holy fashion. Each of them holding how much much water? 20 to 30 gallons, about 30. And as we read the story of Jesus' first miracle, when he changed 20 to 30, about 30 gallons of ceremonial water into the choicest wine, John concludes in John 2, chapter, uh, John, John 2, verse 7. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him at about 30. John 2, 7 reminds us that it is through God's power through His glory, that we then fix our faith. See, we there, we cannot fix our faith in wh- where we want our faith to be fixed. We got to fix our faith in the glory of God. We got to fix our faith in our plan and what God wants us to do because it's it's we are going on a path of His glory. That's why I'm liking Second uh, Samuel 2, Second Samuel six because Second Samuel six reminds us that we have to be in, on, in God's path and through God's wisdom for God's glory. So when we start keeping keepin going, <clears throat> that many people saw and believed in God after the miracle of changing about 30 gallons of uh, ceremonial water into the choice's wine. And we need to understand that when we are on a path that's revealing the glory of God. It is for the purpose and the sole purpose that other people then can believe in what God has to offer for them as well. People then can believe in the glory of God. People can believe in the power of God. People can believe in the grace and the mercy and the love and everything that God will give to transform your life into a manner in a way that you would never believe would happen at about 30. Jesus did that and started out a plan and a path that changed and transformed the entire world which will never be the same after his about 30 experience. So we get this and we return to 2 Samuel. I'm hoping that you're getting a kind of a foundation of the 30, David had about 30,000 men. And so I call it the 30,000 moment. See, the 30,000 moment is different from the about 30 moment. And I'm hoping that as you're, as you're looking through that and as you're listening to this message, hear this 30,000 men moment is not the same as in about 30 moment. 30,000 soldiers went and got the Ark of the Covenant. Now, as we said, the place where the Lord dwells, place where he sat between his angels, representing heaven on earth. And, And 2 Samuel 6, 3 says, they set the Ark of God on a new cart. Oh, man, I'm hoping that you understand what, how David felt about the Ark of the Covenant. I can't just give just any cart. I got to get a brand new cart made to, to, trans, trans, to transfer the Ark of God from its current location to, the, to my city, the city of David, the city of Jerusalem. So they set it on a new cart. And then they had him riding in, in style on the new cart. And then there was a guy by the name of Uzu. And Uzu was was guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it. And David and his whole and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might, with songs and with harps and lairs and tram, trombones and Symbols and all sorts of instrument, and I'm hoping that you're getting the vision of this. We got this brand new cart. We got we got thirty thousand uh, men guarding it. We got a couple of guys carrying it. One being Uzu. M- somebody want to understand why is why do I want to mention Uzu's name? Because Uzu's going to explain to us the thirty thousand men moment versus the about thirty God moment. So as the people were celebrating and they're coming down, all, of the commun- all the people of Israel that are in Jerusalem are celebrating the 30,000 men are marching in. I can see them in step, making sure that the Ark of the Covenant is protected. A couple of guys are carrying it on the new cart. And I've, I'm thinking that as all this is going on, David forgot an important point that his son Solomon later wrote about when he said, Many are the plans in the heart, in a person's heart. Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And, I, and when we look at 2 Samuel 6, I think that what God is trying to tell us with this uh, part of the Bible, as we dig into it, that many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is Lord's purpose that prevails. And what, what, why is that so important? Because as the 30,000 men were traveling, we then see that they get to the destination, get the ark, they put the ark on the new cart, they start singing, You know, they had a great choir. All the people who were singing. They had a great band had. had, And so I'm hoping that you see what's going on. David was had a plan. Many are the plans in the person's heart. David in his heart wanted to make sure that he had the best thing going to bring God to a place where he wanted God to be. Oh, I put a little emphasis on that. He wanted to have the best so that he could have God be where he wanted God to be. I'm thinking that that is, is the Christian walk that most people have. They want to have God in their life, but they want to have God in, the li- in their life the way they want God to be in their life. I, I know I'm going to just preach to myself for a minute. So if this isn't you, just slide back for, for a little bit. I, there's from time to time where I'm like, God, uh, if we just did it this way, Things would be just going fine. I think that this is the way we should go. You're not allowing me to get down this path. God, you still want me to stumble and fight and drag and if you just clear the path for me, it's going to be clean sailing. I'm having that 30,000 man moment instead of that about 30 moment because the about 30 moment is God saying no, this is my plan and that you should be on that plan. Remember What wisdom teaches you? Many are the plans in a person's heart. Those plans could be good. Oh, I'm hoping that somebody heard that statement say the the road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions with with having a good heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. You can't go in front of God. God has to go before you. So they arrive. At the destination, they're getting there, and they have a a couple of oxen guiding them. And one of the oxen start to stumble. I'm trying to, as you read this, I want you to get the picture of thirty thousand soldiers, six legions, a couple of guys carrying uh, on the new cart, the oxen carrying, and and they're steadying it on steadying the new cart. Then one of the oxen start to stumble. And then Uzu reaches out to take hold of the ark because the ox was stumbling. Now, stop here for a moment. Because how would how, what would you do if the place where the, where the Lord dwells, the place the most holy place that God has designed for himself and it's beginning to stumble? And then Uzu reached out to hold the ark of God so that it wouldn't stumble. And the Lord's anger burned against Uzu because of his irreverent act. And therefore God struck him down and he was dead there beside the ark of God. Now this verse in second Samuel is taken out of the semi-continuous reading. This is a hard piece and a hard sentence in the Bible to understand the Lord's anger burned against Uzu because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the Ark of God. Anybody reading this says, wait, this, this guy was a soldier. He was one of the chosen 30,000 men designed to uh, bring the Ark of the Covenant to bring God to the place of the city of peace where David thought God should dwell. He was just following orders. And as he was going along, it seemed as if the Ark of the Covenant was going to fall and hit the ground and God's holy dwelling place was going to be damaged and Uzu couldn't see it in his mind to let that happen. So he put his hands out and touched. But then remember what I said, you can't leave numbers four because numbers four was the plan that God set out. And God said, it is Aaron. And his sons, his descendants that are supposed to carry the Ark of the Covenant. It is 2 Samuel 6 is a reminder that we need to be deep into God's holy word, because if you're not deep into God's holy word, you can slide over something and miss something important. Uh, One Samuel, and then you get to your second Samuel uh, uh, part in life. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm doing what I think is a good intention. The plans of my heart seem well, but it's God's plan and God's purpose that prevails. And God's plan and God's purpose was not for Uzu to to be carrying the Ark of the Covenant. It was very simple. It wasn't for David to decide where the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be. It wasn't for the Philistines to decide where the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be. Each time that that humanity has decided that they want to step in front of God instead of having God step in front of them and lead them, it, it has led to downfall, disaster and death. And I'm hoping that you understand that, that it's not a matter of God being harsh. People are like, I can't believe that God would just strike down a person like Uzu. Would you believe that God would cl- would put a cherubim in front of the way of life to keep the, the people from going back into the garden after they rebelled against God? Would you believe that God would take a person named Jonah and then he would throw him into a whale well and leave him in the ocean just because of, Uh, Jonah said the people in Nineveh are too too rough for me to deal with. Do you think that God would be in a situation where he would allow Stephen to get stoned to death just because he wouldn't uh, yield? to the religious leaders and continue to lift up the name of the Lord. Can you believe that a God would allow his only begotten son to leave heaven and come down to die for our sins so that we can all be redeemed and we can all be free of the bondage that would allow for us to follow our own path, but instead would have us want to follow God's plan because we should understand that God's pl- uh, plan will always prevail, that we need to have God in front of us who would believe that, that God would do something like he's done to somebody named like Uzu. We need to understand while we're thinking about 2 Samuel 6, we can jump back to 1 Samuel again. We're going through Samuel, f- uh, piecing it all together, making sure that, that the Bible It is weaved together to give us the solid foundation on which we should stand. And as we look at what happened to poor Uzu, we can say, but Samuel replied in 1 Samuel 15, 22. Does does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Now, I'm going to understand that. I wish uh, King David understood that. I wish Jonah would under would have understood that. And more importantly, I wish Adam and Eve would have heard that before, because then we wouldn't have been on the path that we're on. I wish that that uh, Christians today would understand that it is not about going to church. Going to church is very important. But, that, but if you're going to church for the sole purpose of, of going through the motions. If you're going through saying that my intentions are good because I'm gonna to go to church. But if you're going to church and you're not being led by the Lord and you're, be, you're being led by the, your responsibility, your Sunday obligation, then you're, uh, you're having asking the Lord to delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices when the Lord says that obedience is greater than sacrifices And to yield to his will is better than the fat of rams. The road to hell is paved on good intentions. There is a difference between intent and actions, between desire and will. And we need to have the will of God guiding us. Proverbs 14, 12. So we need to the, the story of Uzu and trying to understand it and trying to bring it back into the semi-continuous reading so that we don't lose that critical uh, importance. We already have talked about if you believe in biblical numerology, we already have the understanding that 30 is the, the time of commitment, the time of service to God. 30 and, and, but 30 is also a time. Oh, I'm gonna say this last little bit here because we need to understand the depth of biblical numerology as it relates to 30, I'm gonna have you jump in f- ahead of time, uh, or jump further in the Bible, and look at a guy by the name of Judas who betrayed Jesus by how many pieces of silver? I'm hoping that if you don't know, you know now. Judas betrayed God, betrayed his plan, betrayed Jesus, let, went off his his path, got on his own plan for 30 pieces of silver. 30 is a, is a biblical number of spiritual commitment. And the question is, are you part of the 30,000, part of the Jonah, part of the uh, Judas 30, or are you part of the about 30, the about, uh, and, and I like the word about, because when Jesus was with the religious leaders before he was when he was only 13, before he got to about 30 and his mom and dad wa- were looking for him. And they said, we're, w- While when he came and they came and found him in the temple talking with the religious leaders and he said, don't you know, I have to be about my father's business. He got to be 30, about 30. He told his mom it's about 30. I'm, it's, I, it's not my time yet. Jesus had to say, I, I can't jump in front of the will of God. I need you to understand, mom. I need you to understand uh, the, the disciples around that. It need, has to be God's plan in front of me, not me in front of God's plan. And then he got the wisdom from his mom. His mom said, oh, we, we understand that everybody is going to know who you are and everybody's going to know that you're on. God's path, and everybody's going to know that it is time to follow you. And, and as we hear in 2 John, that's what actually happened. Jesus had the, the ceremonial water, about 30 gallons transformed so that each one of us can be putting ourselves in that same wedding ceremony, seeing what happened, understanding that. At about 30, God's plan prevailed. At about 30, God was ready to show who he was to the world so that we can have an understanding of two paths. The path that put Uzu into a, a plan of death, the plan with 30 pieces of silver that put Judas on a path of death. Or about 30 where Aaron's uh, descendants committed to the priesthood at about 30 when the vision of heaven opened up for Ezekiel at about 30 when Joseph, even though his life was put into the worst possible situation, rose up and, and was given a high place, even in a bad situation. God's God's uh, plan and purpose and his power and his love shined down on Joseph so he could save a nation and that started when he was 30 and about 30 Jesus's ministry started so that you and I can have somebody to be to, to imitate in our life as we go about being and doing the will of God. The message for today is about 30 young man uh, died early in life. We've, we, we dedicated the message to his family today. A uh, gentleman by the name, a lawyer by the name of Baker, who dedicated his life to, to fighting for justice, of the, justice for the poor and justice for the aliens, as, as the Bible says, uh, the foreigners. He, he dedicated his life to that at about 30. Each of us can take that as a message, a message of hope that we should be about the Lord's business as Jesus told his mom and dad, and we should be about 30, our commitment to doing the will of God. That's our challenge. And I'm hoping that you take up the challenge and say, it's about time to do my about 30 business. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary, Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to themessage2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.